on maynard.com.au. AU! I didn't know that was a thing. It's Bunga Bunga! With the Right Honourable Tim Ferguson and Maynard. We've just been in one huge politics party and you've just been to the dentist. And I've just been to the dentist, so I'm high on gas, baby. Oh, baby. I love, Tim, how your dentist actually gave you a little bottle of nitrous oxide to bring home with you. They usually give sample toothpaste. This guy gave you a sample 12-gallon bottle. Just in case, if anything pops up. We are here in the fortress of arrogance that is the Ferguson compound, and we are being stared at from the other end of the couch by uh, Kittler. Yes, Kittler is staring. He's reserving judgment, as always. That's all arch-conservatives do. Like a usual cat, he's only paying attention when I'm speaking. When you're speaking, he relaxes as if he knows there's nothing going on. But with the unusual voice, that's where he pays attention. That's right. It's the shock of the new... And, you know, he's a cat. There's not much that happens in a cat's day that's really worth noting. That's where he normally sits when he's watching the Andrew Bolt show, isn't it? Yeah, he loves watching (laughs) Bolt from that perch. What really fires him up about the Bolt report? Windmills. He does not like wind-generating windmills. He thinks it's rubbish and that they are the things that are keeping him in a cat-shaped form. So is he more on board with the coal platform or the petroleum industry? Totally coal and very big on uranium. Bunga Bunga 37. Bunga Bunga. bunga. (laughs) That's why you're smiling. And this show is like no other. We are taking you into the fundraising heart of the ALP in Sydney later in the show. Yeah, they actually let us in. In fact, they actually asked me to be the master of ceremonies. How'd that happen? I don't know how that happened, Maynard. But, of course, how can you turn it down, the chance to be within 100 metres of Tanya Plibersek? That will all become clear as we go later into the show. And a lot of things happened that we didn't expect. Wasn't that right, Tim? Did they what? Don't go away. The most horrendous is yet to happen. I've never been called (laughs) to my face since I was at free school in 1970-something. I've never seen Ferguson get a reaction like he got. And because I couldn't hear, look, you'll find out all about it. But right now, Bunga Bunga News. Tim? Well, the Prime Minister has managed to get Gonski 2.0 through the Parliament. God knows what he had to grease to get that to happen. And I think the Catholics are very, very angry. And if there's one particular social group you don't want to upset, it's the Catholic Church, because they've got the budget to make your life hell. Remember the recent Australian census that came out that only five people returned? Apparently three of those people are non-believers. Yeah, three of them. We'll be getting a lot of blog posts from religious folks saying where we've gone wrong now. I hope so. Robert Menzies was the guy who came up with the idea that the government could kick a bit of cash towards private schools. He was only thinking of King's College. Yes, he was. But it just went completely nuts. Once you give a mouse a cookie, all the mice want cookies and they all want a glass of milk. The Catholic education system is really quite cheap for the money if you're a parent and it's quite cheap for the money for a government. I don't know why you would pick on these poor people. All they want to do is indoctrinate the children. Well, the reason the Catholic schooling system so cheap is because they buy their guilt in bulk. They're like the Costco of guilt. Yeah, they get it in bulk. And if they don't feel guilty, they just have to watch a bit of daytime TV and they'll find something to be guilty about. I believe you're off to Cairns this weekend and you've just been to regional Victoria. The Duck Anthony All-Stars went to Wagga. 
Wagga. It's an actual place in Ballarat and Bendigo. We just played. We did it to Woomba. And now we're on our way to Cairns. And seriously, if you don't hear from us by Tuesday, send the cop. You even were hot on the heels of a rather major incident in Wagga Wagga. Yes, we were. We arrived and our tour co-manager at the time, Janet A. McLeod, a total comedy legend, said, oh my God, Will Anderson's been arrested. He's been arrested at Wagga Airport for disruption on an aeroplane. Well, you were just recently on his podcast. Did he seem like the kind of guy that could get arrested as you were speaking to him? Totally. He disrupted the cafe. He disrupted the podcast. He interrupted me twice with questions. It was very annoying. I hate you! I hate you more! Oh, it was a misunderstanding. He just had to stand up because he had a sore back. They took that as an inflammatory act. Comedians standing up. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. You know, it is Will Anderson. He's a perfect gentleman, a wonderful human being. News in my world. I would recommend a poetry podcast, Alice does, called Poet Says, based in Melbourne, and she talks to different poets each week about their grasp on what they're doing, why they're writing, how they're writing, and who they're writing to. We're going to talk a little bit more about something that I think think affects quite a few people who do creative works. I've always thought that the 20th century had one thing to be really guilty of, and that is for removing poetry as the premier writing art form that everybody agreed upon. Now, if somebody says they're a poet, they're treated as if they're some sort of delinquent. (laughs) Russia still highly prizes its poets. The Chinese as well, highly prized individuals, they're poets, whereas in Western society, unless it's a haiku, we've moved on. Your poetry... My feminist poetry, very powerful. It's very powerful. Triple J, keep harping on about it, and I want to thank them for that. And later on in the show, we will get to the controversy that is the whistle song. We spoke about that at the dinner. The whistle song. And the news I want to impart to you is that the first Sunday of every month at Harpoon Harry's, there's a new night starting up there. Between three and eight, Mark Vick, DJ Mark Vick's putting on its Electronique, in which they're featuring the electronic 12 inches and the early new romantic period, sort of 78 to uh, 84, that sort of period, Tim. That would have been that. Boy, my jaw is sore. No thanks, I'll just have water, please. Telex. Craftwork. New order. What would you have gone with? I was definitely a Kraftwerk guy. Kraftwerk. I just like the fact that they misspelt Kraftwerk. And I really like the haircut. She's a model and she's looking good. The very beginning of the electronic music world was the track Popcorn done in the 70s. Do you agree with that, Maynard? To a certain extent. Had the synth line. I think it was real drums. Possibly, as far as a pop hit goes, yes, let's have a bit of that. Very get up and dancey. I guess that was the first one 
I'd ever come into contact with where we had a computer making the noises. So it's no supercharge. It's no the band played boogie and the people danced on. The high school hooker was once a good looker. Teenage queen, now she wants a gas cooker. The union boss busy buying up stocks. The army's out of work, so the country's on the rocks. Take it while it's there, don't grieve when it's gone. The band played boogie and the people danced on. But they all can't be. And it's no tangerine dream. <laughs> wow. You've pulled that prog rock classic out of the back. I've never heard you mention fucking tangerine dream before and you pulled it out and the only thing I can say about tangerine dream that I know is that they did the soundtrack to the keep, which was a pretty spooky movie. This place was not built to keep anything out. This place was built to keep something Yeah, the keep where... And Jesus comes back. Jesus comes back. Don't leave. Bunch of soldiers go to a keep. The Nazis are coming. There's a demon involved. It was one of those scripts where you figure we need someone to make sense of this. I know. Let's get the guys from Tangerine Dream. The opening sequence is a long pan from right up in the sky, right down to the roadway, and then a military truck drives right past the camera. It's quite a good opening shot with some very atmospheric music from Tangerine Dream. If you haven't heard of Tangerine Dream, Stop listening, go inside, download Tangerine Dream. They were the first ones to really come out and say, OK, Pink Floyd have done it with guitars, now we're going to do it just with keyboards. Did you smoke a doobie or are they more of an acid band when you listen to their stuff? Oh, definitely an acid band. Doobies, that's for reggae people. And, you know, reggae, the world's laziest art form. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Electronic, as I was mentioning, that's spelled in the French way, which I can't spell because I never did French. Electronic at Harpoon Harry's. One Sunday a month between 3pm and 8pm. Get along there. It's nice and early so the police won't come and try and shoot anybody if we try and stay up after 8 o'clock in Sydney, which seems to be the go these days. Harpoon Harry's Electronic. Look it up on Facebook. I'm recommending it on all my pages. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I will be there dancing, sporting a nice 80s haircut, which is my usual one. It's great to see that machines can love. That got the cat's attention. Kittler looked when you had a burp then. He doesn't like things that come out of the ordinary. He's very Germanic. He can talk. There's cat vomit on the floor here. That's his way of saying feed me. Why don't we have a look at what's in Maynard's bug out bag? What's in my bug out bag? Bug out bag, which has things you might need if you're in a hurry. I've picked something a bit arty. Today I've gone with a 90s photo collection in hardcover form of Ellen von Unworth, a book called Couples. Of all sorts. We've got same-sex couples. We've got heterosexual couples. We've got people with themselves in a mirror. Have a look there, Tim. Ellen Wallenworth loves throwing a few celebs in there. I think Kate Moss is in there, a few people like that. And there's that chick from that thing. It's like one huge book of face magazine photos. My eyes! 
Right, and just being called couples, it's people that are friends, people that are lovers, people that are married, people who might be, people that you don't know what the relationship between the two people are. I like it. As a photography book goes, a lot of flesh. That is Ellen Von Unworth. Very 90s. All in the bug out bag. Some photos to look through while you await the end of the world. What would be your book to have a look at while you await the end of the world there, Tim? Watchmen, the bumper edition cartoon of Watchmen. We should be saying graphic novel, shouldn't we? Otherwise known as a cartoon on paper. Just brilliant. They still stand the test of time. Very dense storytelling, great characters, great conspiracy theories. The Watchmen, you may have seen the movie. Make sure you read the comic book as you're waiting for the world to end. Oh, it's bullcrap. This is bullcrap. What, the Boonga Boonga? The Boonga Boonga. We must thank our Patreons. If you go to patreon.com slash Maynard and support this show, we'd like to thank Kath. Thank you, Kath. We really appreciate that. She said she stumbled upon our podcast and she's listening to all of them. She's binge listening to them. Good on you, Kath. I wrote a little poem for you. Kath, Kath, she's pretty good at math. That's all I got. There aren't many F words apart from psychopath, I suppose. We'll go to the heavy hitters first, the people who really keep us going. That would be Panda Paws, Nick Andrew, Andrew Waddington, Pity Young, Natasha Quitter and Frankie Lee and Norman Fox. It'd be great if those people formed a band called the Norman Fox People. Richard Wright, Mel Wilden, James Torina, Greg Duralis, F. Carmichael. Is that saying something? I think those people should form a band, but I have to ask the question, isn't there enough polka in the world? Christy Shields, Katie, Lindley Kissick, Posty from Melbourne. Well, those people should just be the dancers of the band. Craig Walker, Katrina Hale, Andy Zagami, Emily Short, Jeremy Kirkwood, Daniel, John, Spud, Danny, Jody, Howard, Grant McHeron. Well, you need yodelers to do something, and they're the people to ask. Rachel Dunlop, Dr. Rachie, Shell Lancaster, Leonie Lynch, Mark Kirby, Kath Reed. That's our new listener. I love all those people, particularly Kath. She's amazing. And also Shell Lancaster. What a great name. Dana H, Nick McCarty, Sue Weldon, Sammy Satine, Eva, Daryl, Sinforella, Eva, and of course, Rebecca Jones. Oh man, Rebecca Jones. If you've seen the TV series, Rebecca Jones, about Rebecca Jones. I like Rebecca Jones 3. Rebecca Jones 3. If you haven't heard your name there, that means that your payments haven't come through. So you've got to adjust something within your Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Maynard. But we thank all their people for the support. You made Bunga Bunga what it is today. Shame on you for making Bunga Bunga what it is today. Shame! Thanks for joining Patreon. It always makes it much easier to get Maynard around and to get me up out of the bed. It pays for the oil in the forklift. Last Thursday night, we went to the Margaret Whitlam dinner, which was hosted by Tim Ferguson. The keynote speaker was Clementine Ford. Auntie Millie was there too. Auntie Millie was there to welcome everyone to country. She did a great welcome to country. It was a much fuller welcome to country than you normally get. A very warm-hearted welcome. Great night all round. Lots of entertaining people. 
John Faulkner was there, the guy who looks like Superman, who used to save prime ministers of the Labour persuasion. The thing we did find, and you will find from this story, is that a lot of people did not want to go on the record. It's probably the place not to do a podcast because people didn't want to go on the record. And also, when we did get going, we were interrupted by people multiple times coming up and saying hello to you, Tim. You're very big with the union movement in Australia. Yeah, I've done a lot of stuff for the union movement. I was a member of one. Let's take you to that dinner at Dockside Darling Harbour right now. Last Thursday night, as Tim and myself wheeled ourselves in to find an evening ahead that was unlikely like any other. I can't believe what's about to happen. Uh-oh, what's going to happen now? Tonight we are taking you to the very political heart, a fundraiser for the Australian Labor Party for Tanya Plibersek's seat of Sydney at the Margaret Whitlam dinner. Of course, it's all about empowering women, so they've got Tim Ferguson as a host. Tim has brought me along as his date. Of course, we are approaching the Ferguson fortress of arrogance right now i can yes i can smell the arrogance coming out of here let's buzz ourselves in Hi, i'm in the fortress of arrogance now if you'd imagine the opposite of, of ergonomic for tim the switch to let people in the door is as far as it possibly could be away isn't it climb back down the stairs pass me that rope and get me <laughs> off this pulley we're taking tim along there kitler was invited mcdermott livingston said they wouldn't go so you're stuck with me for the night tim Maynard, you would be my first choice anyway. I know the other guys like to think they'd be my first choice, and I certainly tell them, and I hope they're not listening to this recording, but you're my first choice every time there is a choice. We are here at Dockside. Tim, you, you comfy? I'm totally comfy. This place is laid out. And someone who's been helping us make comfy is... Alex. I'm uh, hoping for a wild night. Is this room made for comedy? I think so. Made for comedy. Tanya Plibersek can't be here because she's doing what she does, because she's doing her job in Canberra. Anyone going to represent her? Is anyone she can send in her place? I hear Tim Ferguson has quite similar hair. It works both ways. She could come here and Tim could go to Parliament and vote I think as well. I'd be very happy with whatever Tim voted for. I think so. Should be a, a nice lively night. Who's our keynote speaker this evening? Clementine Ford. Thank you very much Alex. No worries. Thank, Thank you. you. Tim. Um, Alex, seriously, give it to your sister. She'll read it. Tim, you've got much more form in political circles than I am. I'm always a bit nervous because entertainers are kind of like on the fringe. You might be popular, but the real power is with the politicians, isn't it? That was the whole thing with Kennedy and Sinatra. Well, they would like to think they've got the real power. They can certainly go to war, as Donald Trump can, but he's starting to realise that's the only thing he can do without getting into trouble. Here tonight, the true people in charge will actually be the people who bought the tickets, who are raising the funds, who are trying to make a difference in this crazy world. Which is why we don't really need a politician and we don't really need entertainers because it's all about the people. Of course, any listener to Bunga Bunga would know that Clementine Ford has been a regular on the show, just not in person. We're constantly talking to Clementine without her being there just because we're under time constraints. She's got writing to do, she's got a young child to bring up. And she goes on Triple J quite regularly. Apparently Triple J still is a thing and I believe that you've been denied yet again your cultural impact on Australia by Triple J and the entire ABC. The Doug Anthony All-Stars are at war with Triple J after their campaign. More than one comment about our whistle song. The whistle song is controversial. It's designed to be controversial. We're the Doug Anthony All-Stars. That's what we do. But we have been silenced and told to cease and desist by the government radio station known as Triple J. It's outrageous. I think we should do a quick Tim's historical hypothetical. This is where we put Tim at a place in history and we ask him, well, what would you do smart us. Tim, 
the time is the French Revolution. The French Revolution? I'm big on all the other revolutions, but the French one? I don't know. You are Marie Antoinette. Je ne sais quoi. She apparently said let them eat cake when she was told that the proletariat was starving, which she never actually said to him. If it had been up to you and someone said, look, the proletariat's starving, they've got trouble, they can't eat, what would you say instead of let them eat cake? What would you have come up with and been known for in history? Let them eat Marie Antoinette. A bit of cannibalism. A bit of cannibalism. From what I hear, she had a little bit of meat on her bones. Also a bit of fat because she'd lived a very spoiled life. But she could have kept her family alive for at least a week. And would you have gone with the large wig action if you'd been in the uh, French Revolution? Oh yeah, the wigs I think were the best. I'm sure the wigs were invented by bald men who just wanted to make it fashion that would cover up the fact they had no hair. I'd have a gigantic wig. It'd be bigger than any of the doorways. Tim would have recommended eating Mary Antoinette herself if he'd been involved in the French Revolution, and it certainly would have gone a lot better if you'd been in charge. There would have been a lot less unrest because people have had full bellies and full heads. Just for the uh, listener there, what is the official Ferguson position on the Merkin? Usually sitting on it. I think that's the best way to go about it. If you've got it on the front, it starts to look very prominent. People know it's there. The thing with a Merkin on the back is nobody is expecting that. Merkin on the rear party in the front. Oh, yeah. Bold at the front, and then people go around the back and go, yeah, look at that. Comrade, can we talk to you for a second? Yes. We can speak to you. You are okay to go on the record. A lot of people are nervous about what they might say here. Who are you, sir? I'm Angus. I'm from the Australian Services Union. I'm here with some wonderful frontline workers from the community sector. We are very progressive, that's for sure. Well, are you going to be progressive to get behind Tim's gig tonight? I'm going to be MC, so you have to pretend to laugh at everything. We like a good laugh at the ASU, that's fine. Even when I do the sad story. You have to laugh at that too. Okay, if that's appropriate. What's your favourite union, Tim? The AWU. Well, and it's got workers in the middle. I'm a bit of a fan of the Metal Workers Union, the MWU, but I'm a bit fan of them. A lot of people don't know that we make train wheels in Newcastle. I want to remind people that many members of the MWU are making the train wheels that you could be riding on right now on your way to work. Particularly train wheels on a car. That's very innovative, and Newcastle, of course, thought of that. China lowballs everybody because they make train wheels in China and their quality's not as good, their wheels don't last as long, but they're really cheap. So people think, oh, I'll make a financial saving this quarter and then they've got to spend more money with their rolling stock off the rails, Tim. That's the thing with iron, you need to have iron in it. Tim, just to get really political here for a moment, what about the tower fire in London then? I'm amazed at the outrage that hasn't been done. If a terrorist had set fire to a tower like that, there'd be people thrown in jail and all sorts of things and it's just like, oh, we'll just do stuff in time. Yeah, it's a problem of local government is to blame. Who would have thought? It's quite despicable the way the local government in London allowed that building to be covered in the cladding that it was covered in and then to ignore the complaints about the danger of having that cladding. It's got more than 2,000 buildings in New South Wales that use a similar cladding and the state government's trying to work out what to do. Tear it off. I don't care how. But who pays for it? I don't care. You just stop someone in the street if they get out of a Rolls Royce and you might them. Progressive. I've got some people who can't go on the record because I think they're actually members of the Socialist Alliance that have snuck in here. On meeting Tim for the first time, frankly, how much is a disappointment welling up in you? Frankly, it's the biggest disappointment of my life. Yeah. I'm so much shorter than I look on television. <laughs> Are you going to be behind Tim 100% because he still doesn't know, even at this late stage, what he's going to say in his opening speech? That's the best kind of speech, although I don't have much faith given that it's the biggest disappointment of my life. Who do you think is Australia's worst feminist? If there's one you'd have 
have to go, well, that person's quite a letdown. It could be male or female. Is any name come to mind? There's so many, sadly. Yeah. And I, I don't think Pauline's doing a great job. Oh, that's Miss, true. Miss. You get women into politics and people go, well, what about Pauline? And so they, they, they go strange the and quiet. to people with disabilities, but most of the time she's also the enemy to everyone else, including women. Who do you think is Australia's worst feminist? Because I know you will answer. I would definitely say Paul McDermott. He's he, crap. Well, he tries to be feminist. He opens the door for people who don't want the door open. So the next thing you know, there's an argument and a fight and Paul blames it on them. How do these nights normally end up, these AOP? fundraisers. First time I've been to one. Are they normally a wild affair or are people pretty reserved because they know they're kind on the record? No comment. Don't look at me, man. No comment. Please welcome our MC for this evening, Tim Ferguson. My name is Tim Ferguson. I can't change it. You're probably thinking, why is Tim Ferguson here? And it's just blind luck and desperation. <laughs> You're probably thinking, why is he in a wheelchair? And yes, it is an attention-seeking device. <laughs> This gentleman is certainly not on the record and represents no party in Australia at the moment. What's your name, sir? John. On a night like tonight where they're trying to pass the Gonski, or not pass the Gonski bill, when you go to the minor parties in the Senate and you're trying to get the single party vote, how does that conversation normally go? Is it a very quiet one where they say, look, we would like you to support us, what would you like in return? Is it as blatant as that? How does it normally happen? It's a mix of very quiet and very loud. It's a quiet discussion behind the scenes conducted in the full public glare with all the interests of the Australian public hmm. keeping an eye on the conversation. That's very difficult. I myself like to postal vote so I can number every Senate and seat below the line, which I think was over 100 last time. Is that a wise thing to be doing or should I be out playing in the sunshine? I encourage you, but you're part of a dedicated minority. Because once you get past 80, what you're doing still counts and you don't want to slip up and accidentally give a, a party you don't like the upper hand. How do you do that? 1 to 40 is easy. 80 to 100 is easy. It's that bit in the middle that is genuinely confusing. Does it still matter once you get over 100 or not? Hopefully not. Yeah, Only in the direst of circumstances. Yeah, and I can just imagine that the people who have to count this really hate people who do that, don't they? They go, oh shit, we've been here all day and now we've got five more of these to go. The informed voter, always to be encouraged. Do you think Tim's sort of ostracised too many people with his speech already or not? I'm hoping he might ostracise some more slightly later in the evening. I'm just over here with some people that are very well dressed well. You're not Tim, but uh, some other people are. I'm Linda Scott, the Labor councillor on the City of Sydney Council. So that means you're used to compromising or you're used to winning every argument? <laughs> Sadly, I'm in a massive minority, oh. so I'm used to compromising or losing. I don't win on the night, but then over time, the things that I talk about appear. So I get a deep but odd sense of satisfaction about that. That's dreadfully old-fashioned. Isn't it? I know, I know. Have you found Ferguson disappointing both in what's been coming out of his mouth and the fact he didn't bother dressing up tonight? No, I'm very impressed with Ferguson. We've been talking, debating tips. OK, Tim, what have you been recommending to win a debate? I just said cheat. Uh, there's no reason <laughs> why a debate has to be fair, particularly if you're dealing with lying nincompoops. There's no reason to be rational and honest. When you were at school, Tim, were you the first speaker or the whip or what were you in the debating team? I was put in second and I would deliver the facts. That's the second speaker. And I learned very quickly that nobody laughs at the facts. 
no girls say, I choose the fact guy. Never happens. Yeah. What's the most frustrating thing about your job at the moment? Is there something you'd like to have happen? We have more people sleeping rough on the City of Sydney streets at the moment than ever before measured. So I want to see more affordable housing where people can live in a stable and healthy environment in our city. Well, as Tim and I both come from Glebe, we're very worried about what's going to happen to the fish markets area there. They don't want to build like 30 storeys, do there or something? What's the rumour so far? Well, I fear that the state government has grand developer plans for the whole area. I think for a while they also did for Wentworth Park. So we've got a big fight yes. there. I'm absolutely committed to fighting it. I've just been talking about how in the US, I think it might have been in New York, there was someone who was a, a single issue party. It was the, the rents too damn high party. And I reckon in Sydney, if you had a rents too damn high party, they could get a go. I'm on board. This is my key issue in the city because it's our biggest problem. And we know that it's it's gentrifying the city. It's forcing people out. Mm. And what we want is a diverse mix of people. And how do you do that with the heavy hand and using the legislation you've got? How do you make people share and play nice? You can do it. Yeah. There's, wow. there's ways that councils can do it. And is there I'm, an example of a city that has done it? Yeah, I think Vancouver's doing a better job than us. Uh, So there's lots of good international examples where we could do a lot better. I'm worried that we'll have a New York-style response where you have different doorways for people that pay the public rent and the real Trump rent. Yeah, yeah, no more ghettos, Mm, no more ghettos. Tim and I, we've been fighting over what should be happening in Glebe for years, haven't we? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking burn the place to the ground and the screenwriters will all come running out of their houses and that's when you grab them and send them to Newtown. We don't want another Northcote in Glebe. That's one thing we're both very strongly feel about. We love Glebe, we love Newtown, but the thing is, if you get rid of either of those, then you miss out on half of Australia's writers and comedians. So we can't burn it down, Ferguson, we just can't. He's always a zero or a one when it comes to solutions, Tim. Do do you know compromise? No, the earth is made for scorching, Maynard. Tim's only just getting warmed up, so I really want to apologise for anything he may say. It's going to be fabulous, I can't wait. You've come to see Tim, how do you think he's gone so far tonight? It's so good, I was expecting Flacco though, so there's a bit too much hair for my liking. Yeah, well, you've got that problem, Ferguson. Too much hair. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. It's <laughs> all over my body. It's all over my body. <laughs> Tim, have you ever been in a union yourself? We've about got a union member here. What union were you in last? I've been in the MEAA for years. The media, you know, the Arts Alliance. I'm the E for entertainment in the middle. You're at the big union table behind us. You keep going, yay, progressive. What, what's going on behind well, us here? We're the Australian Services Union, so we're workers. I'm a community worker. I work with a disability. All, all kinds of people who might need some assistance to get through the day-to-day lives. And as a progressive, what has Tim got to apologise for so far during the night? He said some things, you know. No apologies, yeah. What do you reckon is the biggest challenge facing the union movement? Is it to get new members in? Because we've got to a point now where kids don't understand why they should be in one, don't they? Yeah. I think people forget that in the past there was unionists fighting for basic conditions they think that are part of uh, their everyday awards or conditions. How did we lose the penalty rates thing. How did that one go through? I think it's the makeup of the Senate. So it's your fault, Ferguson. You didn't run for a senator and now we've got no penalty rates. Well, look, and that's my argument. Because he was going to double them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Next time I think quadrupling is going to just make the difference and people will be able to work fewer weekends. You can hear the huddled, hushed masses around us as dinner goes on. I believe you've met some people here tonight, Tim? i met all sorts of people And I had the privilege of introducing Clementine Ford, writer of books and columns and all sorts of things, an ardent feminist like myself. Hang on, sorry. 
I thought if you take a photo of the two of us... And where's it going to? Is it going to a friend of yours? It is, yes. <laughs> Very deep. And he really wanted to meet Tim, did he? He did, but he's a boy, so I said... Well, no. That's OK. Has he got a message for Tim, a question for Tim? He probably does. Uh, I think he wants to know if you're going to put out or not, Tim. He does, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid I won't put out. Not with someone, A, who I don't know, and B, who isn't here. Goodness me, Tim, we keep getting... So many people want to, want to meet you tonight, and as we said, you've actually been meeting plenty of people. I've been meeting everybody, including Clementine Ford. I've been given the privilege of emceeing the show this evening and introducing Clementine as the footnote speaker. Well, I did like her talking about the, her days battling the young Liberals at uni. That sounded like a lot of fun, because I've got to say, those Liberals need some battling. Anyway, um, I had a very short conversation with Clementine. I was close. I was laughing because I couldn't hear a thing, because I was standing up and you were at chair level, and I was looking at both of you and I could see it was not going well, and I just couldn't hold back my laughter, because I suspect that this might happen, Tim. Well, I made the mistake of opening with a joke. Do you normally talk to many feminists in the wild, Tim? Do you, you ever do that much? Oh, I talk to my beautiful Canadian wife all the time, and she studied feminism at university. Now, did she get a high distinction, but? Oh, yes, she can distinguish between most things. So, so what kind of happened, Tim? I, I think maybe your joke fell somewhat flat. Well, Clementine has written a great book, a really interesting book called Fight Like a Girl. So... The first thing I said to her was, congratulations on fight like a girl, but how are you ever going to win a fight if you're going to fight like a girl? Oh, hang on a minute. Thank you, and good luck with the raffle. So you, you opened with a sort of a, a joke about her book title, and that did not go well. All I said was, how are you going to win a fight if you fight like a girl? It seems fairly straightforward. I then mimed fighting like a girl. So you're digging the hole deeper here at this point. And I, I could see there was trouble immediately. I couldn't hear. I just saw... I, and again, I couldn't help from laughing because I, I suspected this might happen. I mean, I said, that's how I fight. I fight like a girl. All right, so you turned it around a bit. That didn't help? <laughs> it didn't help. Clementine Ford called me sexist. Okay, I tried the spinal tap defence by saying I'm not sexist, I'm sexy, but that made it worse. Yeah. So how did you get out of it? I got out of it because you pushed me away from the conversation. Ah. Not before Clementine Ford had accused me of being a member of the laughing patriarchy. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm sorry to hear it went that way, but really I don't think any listener is surprised. Round one goes to Clementine Ford. When you're wheeling Tim around, you've really got to pay attention to what's going on so you know when to get out of there. <laughs> like that time where we went to... Yeah, I'm really excited to meet you, Maynard. A lot of people have a memory of, like, a song or an interview or something yeah, like yeah. that. I just remember the Susie and the Banshee song, Cities in Dust, and I'm sure that you played that. Now, how do you think Tim has gone tonight? He's had some issues. What's his biggest mistake you think he might have made tonight? Being too soft on Pauline Hanson. Could have oh. gone much harder, I think. Yeah, I would say he's a lackey for the right wing. <laughs> Awesome. Group photo. Group photo.
Well, a big glass of shut up juice for Mr. Tim Ferguson. Yeah, there was. I actually think that I was kind of rumbled. There I was making a simple joke about a book title that really is really quite amusing. And I got called out for it, called out for being funny. If you're going to win a political fight, you better get funny because nothing else works. Look at all those serious people trying to save the planet from coal companies. They don't apply a sense of humour, and so they're easily ignored. They're easily trampled over. If you're funny as a feminist, then you become like Jermaine Greer. I love feminism. I'm an ardent feminist. Sure, I like Camille Parlier, but who doesn't? I mean, if you stop and want a bit of a giggle, Camille Parlier's the one. Time to open some crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail. Gavin, our new military correspondent from up in far north Queensland, has an issue. He is currently subscribing to Netflix and Spotify and maybe even Foxtel, and he wants to shut down all his accounts that he's watching anything on because he refuses to give $1.10 GST on each of these things. He wants to deny the government their $3.30, Tim. Just the GST? Well, darling, oh, for God's sake, you're willing to sacrifice television? In the name of not paying GST, watch the damn TV. Or maybe do what nobody else is doing, watch free-to-air television. Oh, that's ridiculous. I know, it's crazy, but... What are you, a communist? (laughs) My mother does it. She will watch the ABC for an entire evening and not switch off. Want to get involved with the show? Send some crank mail. Look at the Bunga Bunga Facebook page. Oh, and also, if you have questions about style, about music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and whatever happened after that, send in those questions because Maynard knows all of that stuff. You should see his collection of tapes that are actual tape. And the great thing is, people, if you've got your cassette tapes out there, even if they're in a milk crate somewhere in your shed, put them in something and play them after winding them back and forth once or twice, and you will find that they work. I just recently edited a friend of mine's tape that he made way back in the 80s, just using the play and record button, one hour of only the intros of songs from the 60s. So I'm just going to play a little bit of that now and see if you can pick what songs these are the intros for from the 60s. It's not easy. Right now, Tim's own thing, where Tim offers a right reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. You know, disabilities, those things, people have them. You might have them yourself. Has it ever occurred to anyone to maybe every once in a while have a sale? That's right. A sale on things like the leg lifter, which I purchased the other day. And the leg lifter isn't what you think. No, it's not a person. It's actually, it's a device. Sounds like something you might use at the ballet bar to increase your stretching. Well, and older ballet people or some of your older yoga enthusiasts could do with a leg lifter. It's basically a canvas strap and you strap one hoop around your foot and you grab it and you yake it and you can pretty well deposit your foot wherever you want. How do you control where it goes once you lift it off the ground? That's the thing that you need a leg lifter for. It's not a perfect system, but it's better than the system I had before, which was throw myself on the bed 
and after 10 minutes of wrestling, get myself into a seated position. My main point is nothing's ever on special in the world of disabilities. You never call the wheelchair shop and have them say, well, lucky you. Lucky you calling this week because we've got a special on wheels. Because they don't. There are no sales in disability world. It's like having babies. There are no sales in baby shops. What about haggling? Have you ever tried to haggle? I can't haggle. I'm middle class, Maynard. We're we're hopeless at that. It always feels rude to do the Monty Python. What, 180? You must be joking. Maybe I will call up and haggle. Some of these devices are really very expensive. There's a device that costs over $6,000, which is an exercise bicycle, which is different from the other one that you have tucked under your beds. I'm going to get out of here so you can watch some Sky News with Kittler there. He's been Tim Ferguson. And he's been Maynard. You've been listening to Bunga Bunga 37. Now, for God's sake, put something on. How about this record? Lord Almighty, you're my temperature rising. Maynard.com.au AU Bryson and Hugh Everything digital